college football talk like you've never heard before. The pinky finger goes up the nose. From the tailgates. He is a terrible tipper and a terrible human. To the touchdowns. He's going for the corner. He's got it. We have everything covered. Place at the table. Here are your hosts, Patrick Maher and Andy Staples. This squad is in the house. All right, trickeration three episodes in a row, I guess, We're Andy Staples. change this up and get you in the <laughs> intro. I, I, I don't know. You know people who know people who know people. Oh, you mean I'm the person who writes up those liners that uh, the young lady reads for the open? Yeah, I think I can yeah. probably get that done. I think we need to make that happen. So uh, as you can tell, I'm not Patrick Maher. He is Andy Staples. I'm Dustin Sweetelson, and we are here to talk college football on Place at the Table. And man, man, oh man, Andy, what a... Se- We've you, done that you, a few you, times this you week. You called this that year. Iowa game, right? I did. I did on the podcast. You did. Uh, but I also said like NC State would win. I had a few others that missed. Well, but, but the, now here's the thing: I, you and 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 uh, Chris Chowler, who I do uh, did a show on Sirius XM with my guy. last week. I used to produce Chris Childers. That's right. So he also called the Iowa win, and you know was very sure of it. But I don't think even he fifty five to twenty four. Well, so that was the thing, right? Is I thought Iowa would win because Kirk Ferentz has a game like this where he knocks off a contending team that everyone's always, counting always him out. At home. Yeah, always at home in November. But I honestly do not think I've ever witnessed an Iowa team put up fifty five points. I, I just, I mean, that was utter domination, and I, I'm trying to remember. The last time an elite team got pounded like that by a team that was not athletically superior, because like Ohio State got beat thirty-one to nothing in the Fiesta Bowl last year. Yeah, but you could right, Clemson was athletically superior to Ohio State last year, so that's somewhat understandable. I can't think of the last time this happened. No, no. I mean, what, when's the last time that Urban Meyer was involved in a game where one team dominates offensively and it's not his? Well, a- Alabama beat them really badly in 2010, okay. his last year at Florida. Um, that was probably the the last time it was that bad. But yeah, every pretty much other than the Clemson loss, everything had been close, and nothing in the Big Ten had been like this. No, I mean <laughs> that is the opposite of what you expect from a from a Big Ten game. And what makes it so interesting is, like, the one team in the Big Ten that you look at and you go, that's an offensive juggernaut, is Ohio State, and they're the ones that, you know, are getting beat by 30 there. But here's the thing. So this is what I kept saying, and the Ohio State fans got very mad at me last week when I was like, okay, JT Barrett was amazing against Penn State, but that does not look like his big game, his games against really good opponents in the past. In the in the recent past, yeah, his his redshirt freshman year is a different story. He looked like a different player. That was a totally different offense. Like every single level of yeah. the offense yeah. was way more talented. Tom Herman was still there, right? Ezekiel Elliott was on the team. Offensive the lines loaded. loaded. Yeah, right. receivers. Exactly. He got two Corey Browns, who would be the best receiver on the team right now. Right, exactly, exactly. Philly and Pittsburgh. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's nuts. And but he kind of looked more like what you've expected or what you've come to expect out of him the last few years against a really good defense. And that was, wow. I mean, the turnovers, they pick six immediately. Like, that set the tone. But, I mean, this was a straight-up butt whooping. No. I, I just, 
I don't even have to look in like the database or anything. I don't have to go on NCAA.org or .com, whatever the heck it is. Uh, I can tell you right now, uh, Nathan Stanley, one of the greatest performances for Iowa quarterback in the history of the program. <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm just saying, like, I don't need to look at where it ranks because I can tell you it's probably the one of the top five greatest performances right. they've ever had at quarterback. And so Iowa does this to Ohio State. And now they will go on the road against Michigan and lose like 17 oh, – yeah. or I'm sorry, on, on the road against Wisconsin and lose like 17 to 15. I mean, this is essentially what Pac-12 fans had complained about for years. And not this year. It's a little different because the Pac-12 is definitely down across the board. But uh, for a few years it was, we're so good top to bottom, we're knocking each other off and cannibalizing ourselves. And the Big Ten has a major problem when it comes to the college football playoff, Andy, because right now I don't see them getting in. Uh, better, because better I'm assuming Wisconsin goes undefeated. I'm assuming Wisconsin loses one here because they're probably going to, at the very least, lose the Big Ten title game. They could lose this week. They could lose to Michigan. They could lose the Big Ten title game. If they win the, all those, look, they're going to make the playoff. Yeah. No, if they're undefeated, they have uh, to get in. If they're thirteen and zero, they're going to get in. I I know there's some people who are like, no, no, we'll put this team ahead of. No, you won't. It's a power five school. They'll they'll make it in. So, but I'd put the odds of them finishing undefeated at about right. Odds probably a, a percentage chance. Let's say fifteen to twenty percent chance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, they have a chance, but it's not a great chance. And they just seem like one of those teams that's going to be in a lot of close games because their style of play. They're kind of like a poor man's SEC team, right? A lot of great defense. They want to run the ball, and they're not going to like you throw a, it. You mean a poor man's 2009 circa yeah. SEC team? Yeah, yeah, yeah SEC that's team. what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah not, not the current iteration of the SEC, which is when when we do the, the Power 5, Top 5, I don't know where it's going to land. Really? Even with those two up top, that'll be interesting. All right, we'll, well get into the that. Two up, the two up top are helping. We'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit. There are some fraudulent SEC teams. And I, st- by the way, I still do think the SEC gets the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the rankings. They are constantly given the benefit of the doubt over teams with similar resumes, similar records. The SEC teams always get ranked above them. Not that I hate it. I am pro-SEC. I, I don't know about that. I, I know everybody's mad because some people, including me, keep putting Alabama above everybody else, but I just think Alabama would beat them. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I don't have an issue with that. I have an issue with like people thinking Auburn is a good team. Well, y- you're going to find out what Auburn is because they have to play Georgia and Alabama the next, you know, in the next three weeks. So. I got to tell you, man, I, I, love, I am a big Georgia guy. I spent a lot of time in the state. I am very pro-Bulldogs. I don't think they're as good as people think they are as well. I think that they're going to be a playoff contender here, mm-hmm. but wouldn't surprise me if they come back down to earth. It's not like they're doing, you know, anything revolutionary on offense. No, but here's the thing. I, I think people are looking at Jake Fromm as a caretaker when in fact he's one of the more efficient quarterbacks in college football. Well, he doesn't make mistakes, I'll give you that. He doesn't that it's not that he can't make these throws. It's that he doesn't need to because they are so loaded at tailback and so good at running the ball. So we don't know. He's never been tested. Yeah, but, I mean, you look at some of the throws he makes, and you're like, eh, it's pretty good. So, yeah, I, I just – I don't know. I, I think George is okay. I, I think the winner – you know, the winner of the SEC championship game is good to go. Oh, there yeah. is an interesting scenario if Notre Dame can win out. I'm not sure Notre Dame can win out, but if Ooh, they can – you change your tune on that one. What? I, I've i said it's going to be hard for them to win out. 
uh, all time. I I think they may have gotten past their toughest parts of that schedule. No, did you see Miami against Virginia Tech? Oh, I am a Miami fan. I, I was. Know. I had a big old shit eating grin on my face. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what Notre Dame has to play this week. I, I know. Now, I just, now, now, do you think Miami's going to go back to its? living dangerously like it was the last all right the, the previous four weeks so one miami still makes a ton of mistakes two i think the defense for miami is legit however that notre dame offense is super efficient right now it is it is scary how they how they're operating i mean they didn't even play with josh adams in the second half yeah the other day so that that's the thing if notre dame is 11 and one notre dame oh, will have God, earned a place in the playoff but that makes things interesting because if Georgia and Alabama are twelve and zero going to the SEC championship game and Alabama wins close, yeah, you cannot put a twelve and one Georgia below an eleven and one Notre Dame. No, it's so, true. The head to head, I know the head to head matters. That's gonna. It's so frustrating to me. I know it shouldn't bother me, but it does. I don't want to see rematches in the college football playoff, and it may not make sense because, like, well, you may not see a rematch. But get, get, o- get over it. Rematches happen <laughs> in, e- in every sport. Yeah. What other sport doesn't have rematches? I pro- you in know baseball, what- they play like 25 times a season. You know what the problem is? I came up in the BCS era where it was like one mistake and you're out. And I've j- I still have kind of that mindset during the regular season that one mistake, two mistakes, you're out. But really, with the college football playoff, you can make one or two mistakes and still be alive. So I, I, I need to change my mentality. Exactly. I need to get with the times. Yeah. I'm like that old man yelling from the rooftops. They're not exactly. that good. We've already seen them play. Give us someone else. But really, yeah. the playoff the playoff committee's job is to get us the best four teams. Right. And if it's the best four teams and two of them have played before. If they happen to play each other in that's the season. It. Oh, well. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing. And it may not be because it, it may be a situation where if that happens, Georgia's three and Notre Dame's four, and they don't play each other. Perfect. So, well, then yeah. here's the thing: if Georgia, ready, Georgia losing to Alabama, they would have played Alabama and Notre Dame already, so that we could get a repeat of the SEC championship. You could, if it's a good one, that'd be great. No, they need, the the committee needs to manipulate things so that we don't get that. Well, that. they can't. They can't manipulate it. You're either going to get a rematch in the first round or a potential rematch in the final. Oh, all right. Now I now I went from not liking it to being okay with it, and I, now I don't like it again. Look. Get over it, dude. <laughs> all right. Every, every, teams that meet in the NBA finals have played already. It happened. Yeah, but they play series, and they play so many other games. Okay, teams that play in the Super Bowl may have played one another during the season. Valid. Valid point. But, like, a four-loss team, five-loss team can find their way to the Super Bowl. That can't happen in the college football playoff. So, even more so in the college football playoff, they should be playing a rematch because it's not their fault they were scheduled against one another. Man, you and they happen to be really good. Do you have like a list of all your counter arguments to mine? Cause... No, it's just I've heard all these dumb arguments before. <laughs> all right, so. let, let's let's get some, let's look at some of these games because I have to full disclosure. Uh, I spent my Saturday at horse races. I know nothing about horse racing, other than there were hot chicks in low cut dress, dresses. That but, that is that is 
That is the thing you learn the first time you go uh-huh. to a horse race. You're like, wait a second. Nobody's watching what's happening on the track. Yeah, but here's the problem with that is the hottest chicks. You, you, don't, own a, you don't own a top hat? The, no, the I problem? first of all, I wore what's like a newsboy hat, whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. It's my uh, new Twitter profile pic at Dustin Sweetelson on the Twitter. Oh, I got to look at this. Hold on. I, yeah, you I did not out. notice you changed your avatar. Big, big old grin on my face. Probably the biggest smile I've ever had because a hot smoke probably walked by right before the picture was taken. All right, um, let's see what you got. But the thing is, all the the, the hotter they are, the Oh, more, yeah, you were, you were happy. Oh, yeah. Deliriously happy. The hotter the female- the more of a lock guarantee they were with some older dude. Cam Newton calling him calling ladies females. I mean, are they not females? I called them chicks too. That's true. This may be your problem, Dustin. What's my problem? Call them the ladies. The ladies. The ladies. I'll, I just want them to call me back. I don't. Well, if you call them chicks and females, they're not going to. <laughs> so. All right, so uh, take, but, take it now. I granted, I I've been out of the game a while, yeah. but I did marry. Yeah, how old were you very, when you got married? I was twenty two. How old? But, how, what's the age difference? Uh, she is twenty uh twenty three months or twenty sorry twenty one months younger than me. Younger, yeah. Oh, so, always so. date younger. Always date younger. We're basically the same age though at this point. So it's yeah, it's look. I've been out of the game a long time. I understand. What, but, what, what was but, your game? But my wife is gorgeous, so I did okay. Yeah, what, but what was your game? What was your move? I didn't have a move. How did you get your wife? I talked don't, to her. Don't say be yourself, because no, we both know I, that's a lie. I talked to her. No, no. Okay, so I, when we met, it was at a bar, ladies' night, $2 draft. $2 drafts for the guys. This was a pretty good deal. Yeah, $5, looking out for you. $5 cover, $2 drafts for the guys. $2 Long Islands for the ladies. So I was the wingman for my buddy. I, so I just graduated from college. I graduated from college three weeks earlier. I was running out the string of my apartment lease because I was broke. I had nowhere to go. I still didn't have a job yet. I had about $47 to my name. And my buddy's like, hey, come with me. There's this girl I'm supposed to, to be meeting up with at Market Street, which is a, used to be a bar in Gainesville. And I need you to distract her friends while I talk to her. I'm like, I can't go. I have no money. He's like, I'll pay your cover. That's the best when a friend. So I always feel guilty when my friends do that for me when I don't have money. Oh, Uh, no, no, no. He didn't pay my cover. Oh, God. (laughs) No. So I like, I'm like, my hand is shaking as I hand over the $5 bill. (laughs) I'm not going to eat tomorrow. And then, and then I pay my two dollars for a beer. the The beer was called John Courage, by the way, <laughs> Liquid Courage uh, that itself. Works. So they get the girls get there, and so he starts talking to the girl he's supposed to, and he kind of gives me the high sign. And there's like seven girls at a table, and so I just sit down, and I start talking to everybody, anybody who would talk to me. So to give him a chance, yeah. To, to at least establish some rapport. Well, it's, it's always good for the wingman in a situation like that where there's not just one other girl to entertain right. because there's no that, pressure on you at all. That, that gets awkward. Yeah, and I had no expectations because, again, college graduate, no job, no money. My self-confidence was in the toilet. So 
But I think yeah, that might have you graduated in a time period where people actually had jobs after is, college. Right. This was before the first dot com bubble yeah. burst. So I was I was just like it, it, I had no expectations at all, which I think actually helped me because I wasn't trying to spit game Always. or anything like that. I, I was just trying to do my job. It's, hey, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban have it right. <laughs> Do your job. No, you know, you're so right about that. When when the expectation is down and like that and there's no pressure. Like, I so, always notice that I I am more likely to pick up a girl at a bar. It doesn't happen that often. But I am more likely to pick up a girl at a bar when I'm not dressed at my best. Right. And two, I haven't cleaned my room up anticipating going back to my apartment. <laughs> so I always have to say, no, I'm 32 years old and I have two roommates. I know it's embarrassing. Let's go to your place. Well, that's a power move right there. That's that's excellent. But so in this situation, not only did I did, did I give him time, I got him and myself invited with these girls to one of their aunt's beach houses for the weekend. It was oh, Memorial dude. Day weekend. So and and ended up, you know, dancing most of the night with the girl with, with, with my future wife, who, by the way, there was another guy buying her drinks all night, which was great because I could not afford them. <laughs> Dude, that is that is a power move right there to go home with the girl that you're not even paying drinks for, well, for her drinks. I was sober because I could not afford more than the one beer. And so they had me. This is and look, OK, if my daughter ever does anything like this, I am I am going to I just going to kill somebody because so one of the girls lets me drive her car home she just met me okay they they just met us and they are inviting us to the beach for the weekend <laughs> like do you understand back on this is as a, as a father now this all seems horrible to me <laughs> uh, yeah yeah especially back in the days where you couldn't like google search someone and find right. out their social security right. number and their credit score within 10 minutes yeah but li so, listen to the odds you were up against broke unemployed yes seven on seven on one with the girls but that's, also that's good though i like that I like those odds here's the big one yeah sober sober f yes. around drunk people yeah it's a virtual impossibility to have a conversation well, it, and it was loud. It was, it was, you know. Oh, it's the worst. You're like, yeah, yeah, I like that too. So, but, but it, it all worked out because, you know, we, we went to the beach and that's, that's actually the time I got to spend a lot of time with my future wife and, wow. you know, we hit it off really well. It did the old, uh, this is, this is something the kids today will never understand. Like when you go, cause she had her car there and so she had her CDs there. And so I'm going through her CDs Seeing if we're compatible. Did and you have the the CD book or did you do the CD in the visor thing? CD book. See, not enough CDs in the visor. I had a '64 yeah. CD book, and so I'm looking through hers. Did you put got, the album covers in with the CDs? No, no. Oh, no, see, no. I did. No, but see, she had Van Halen's greatest hits. I was like, ooh, this will work. She was the only other person who bought the uh, Ghetto Cowboy single. Remember when uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony started breaking off into like splinter groups? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Crazy Bonehead, Ghetto <laughs> Cowboy. She and I were the only people who bought the CD single of that in, on, on planet Earth. So I, we danced to it at our wedding. That's incredible. I, 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 I'm kidding. We didn't dance to it. Oh, I wedding. give you more credit, though. I, you have more game than I anticipated to, to, to find, to like hook up with your wife there. And I don't mean hook up in the sense of hooking up. I mean like right. to, to get her yeah. um, sober. When she's drinking and then all of her friends are around. I mean, you, man, you worked some game that day. 
I, but that was the thing. I didn't. It had just I been, yourself. Had I been trying to, I would have failed miserably. Yeah, but lying is so much fun to girls. No, it is not fun. See what you can get away with. It's bad. There's there's a reason there's a commandment against it. It it doesn't work out. Mm. It, it doesn't. There should be an asterisk on it. <laughs> All right. We gotta yeah, we, let's go we to gotta the steer the conversation back to the games. I don't I have no good segue from that. No, I, but <laughs> but I think that's a good diversion. If we're gonna digress, that's a good digression. Yeah, let, all right. Let's look at some of the games. Let's start off with a game that normally is game of the year. It was the game of the century like seventeen times somehow. Alabama LSU. Yeah, Alabama LSU. I saw none of this one. Uh, but it was closer than I think a lot of people thought it would be. Well, here's here's the deal. Alabama is ravaged by injury on the defensive side of the ball. The fact that they held LSU to 10 points, given their injuries on defense, pretty impressive, actually. Um, at the line of scrimmage, LSU held its own, uh, but they they are a quarterback away from being able to compete in that game. You know, it, yeah. maybe, maybe Brennan next year will allow them to compete in that game. But, What's his deal? Because, I mean, every year... We He's, think the next quarterback for LSU is the one to move them over the hump. Yeah. And well, I mean, since the, since like the, Zach Mettenberger, that guy hasn't existed. Right, hadn't happened. So they, they threw him in there at the very end because he throws a little bit better deep ball than Etling. But they're not, I don't know that they're going to, they're not going to throw him to the Wolves this season. No. The idea is don't shatter his confidence, bulk him up in the weight room, and then let him come back as a sophomore where he's, he's had some snaps, but he hasn't been broken because that's what if you play a quarterback too soon and he gets banged up beat up and and shelled you might lose it's almost like a golfer you know once it's gone it's gone and so it's like David Carr in the NFL exactly and i mean and, and David Carr's David Carr was a good quarterback who just took too many hits. Yeah, it just reaches a point where, I mean, you've done so much damage to him that he, he can't ever go back to being what he was supposed to be. Right. He he just wasn't the same player anymore. So that's that's what they're trying to avoid with Brennan. So, yeah, I mean, I think LSU's in a decent place right now relative to, to where they want to be. Um, but Alabama... I think Jalen Hurts' improvement showed a lot during that game. I was going to say, you know, did anything from year to year, anything in that game from Alabama lead you to believe they're not what we all think they are? The only thing, I mean, just just some bad injury luck on defense. I, I think there there are some teams out there that they're going to play Georgia, Auburn, you know, anybody that might see in the playoff who are going to be able to put up points on a defense, an Alabama defense that is thinner than it usually is. Yeah. But that said, I think Jalen Hurts has gotten better to the point where the offense is now dynamic enough to make up any differential they need to make up. And despite, you know, a few games where they dropped, you know, 30, 40 points on people, I still think that that offense is sandbagging us a little. I still think they, haven't, bit. they haven't shown us everything well, they have because they know they don't need to. And Right. And I think, I think LSU's defense was playing really well the other night. 24 points against LSU's defense playing as well as it can play is, is an achievement. And, I, and look, Alabama could have scored more if they'd have needed to. This, the the yeah. game plan was LSU's offense isn't going to be able to move the ball very much, so let's just get a lead and sit on it. So 
if if Alabama had needed to score more, Alabama would have scored more. All right. Well, let's stay in the SEC move to the other team ranked in the top two, depending on which poll you're looking at today. Uh, Georgia beat South Carolina. We thought South Carolina would put up a fight, and from what I can tell in the score, Andy, because, again, I was at the Ponies. They, 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 did, they did put up a little bit of a fight, but Georgia made a lot of mistakes. Uh, Georgia left some points on the field. So I, this is one, you know, it's interesting. I, this is probably the best quarterback. Jake Bentley is probably the best quarterback Georgia has faced since Brandon Wimbush. And it was a good test for them to play a good quarterback. Because they're going to play a pretty good one in Jarrett Stidham this week at Auburn. A little fun fact about the, the Georgia-Auburn game, by the way. How many times do you think Auburn has won this game since 2006? Since 2006. So that means, what, they have played 11? Or this will be the 11th, so 10 this, times? Uh, no, this will be the, 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 the 12th time. 12th time. Uh, I think that Auburn's won four times. Twice. And they wow. played for the national championship both years. Wow. But, so, but that that's kind of a microcosm of what Auburn is on a national scale, though, the last decade, right? Is that when they're good, they're really good. They're great. And yeah. then when they're not good, you don't even think about them. Well, and one of them was that that miracle, the, that Hail Mary. That know, would have been the biggest play of the year had they not had done what not, they did to Alabama. Not, not for the kick six, exactly. So, yeah, that's, that's the one thing that in this game I'm just like, hmm. Maybe we're giving Auburn a little too much credit. I, I think you and I are on the same page on that one. Yeah, I'm not buying Auburn at all. I, I, they're, they're, I think they're getting the benefit of the doubt for being an SEC team, and you know, now, Auburn's roster is really good. That's the thing, and and here's what people don't get: it's it's that's a job where the, the expectations are sky high, and if they lose badly to Georgia and to Alabama, Gus could be in trouble. Now, here's the flip side of that: if they beat Georgia and Alabama. They might make the freaking playoff. I know, I know. But so Auburn sits seven and two right now. Let's look at some other seven and two teams. You tell me who you think would beat head to head Auburn or this other team. Uh, and now this it's cross conference stuff. Totally different styles of play. Penn State also seven and two. I think Penn State would beat Auburn. So Penn State's ranked sixteenth in the AP poll, and Auburn's tenth. What about Oklahoma State, who's twelfth and seven and two? I think Auburn would win that game because I think Auburn's pass rush would get to Mason Rudolph and make it really hard to it, it would mess up the timing on all those routes. How about an eight and two USC team? I I think Auburn would win that game. Oh wow, a little southern bias it'd be, there. It'd be close. That game would be really interesting. See, I think I, that's I think, a, that's a, see, the thing is I, I kinda know which Auburn team's gonna show up every game. I don't know which USC team's gonna show up. If it's if it's the good USC, I think they beat Auburn, but if it's the the bad USC or the banged up USC, I think Auburn would win it. All right, um, th- this is just a fun one because it makes no sense. Uh, an eight and two Washington State team mm-hmm. versus Auburn. I think Auburn wins that game. I just I, I think they would overwhelm Washington athletes. Auburn's D line's nasty. All right, I got you with one there. Penn State who dropped all the way to sixteenth. Yeah, I. Because Penn State has played a nasty D-line in Michigan and handled it very well. Yeah, well, Penn, well, let's talk about Penn State, all right? They lose 27-24 to Sparty. All of a sudden, Michigan State might be a good football team. Well, not only that. Okay, so so Michigan State is arriving a year early. They're going to be real good next year. And they're, here's what it looks like. They're really going to regret that overtime loss to Northwestern Absolutely. and the way it ended. Absolutely, Man, mean, what could have been. But here's the thing. If they beat Ohio State, I'm not sure they need to regret it. Yeah, well, they finished the year with Maryland and Rutgers. Right. If, if they beat Ohio State, they're going to win the East. Wow. 
Because they've already beaten Penn State and Michigan. Then the only question becomes, if they beat Wisconsin, right, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden is a two-loss Big Ten team going to be in the mix for the Final Four? It just depends on what else is out there. Exactly. If 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 the ACC has an undefeated or one-loss champ, let's, so the, if if Miami or Clemson comes out of the ACC with one loss, the ACC champ will go over the two-loss Big Ten champ. And Miami's no, done this week, don't worry. No question. Miami's not done this week. If they lose this week, they can still be a 12-1 and ACC champion. Will, will it hurt Miami that they will have played one less game than everyone else? Because the no, Arkansas they, State game, they'd be an eleven and one. No, it won't. It won't. Okay, I, no. I wondered about that. No, I mean it was a hurricane. What are you gonna do? I don't know. You could still penalize them. They still haven't performed the same amount of times. Do you think they would have lost Arkansas State? Did you watch them against Appalachian State? <laughs> they killed Appalachian State last year. Yeah. Well, no. Who? No. Who was it that they started the year with that I didn't like? There was someone Miami started they had a, the year they with. Had, they had a tough first half against Toledo, but they, they yeah. They ran away in the second half. That's what it was. It was Toledo that I didn't like the start. All right. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. They'll stay the same. Uh, But back to Michigan State, Penn State. That game, was it as wild as the score indicates? Well, it took seven hours because there was a four-hour lightning delay. Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's, look, Penn State could not stop. Michigan State when it needed to. Lewerke's going to be really good. Lewerke's thrown for what is it? I I, I forget the, the the total number of the last two games, but Lewerke is uh, putting up some huge numbers now. I mean, he threw for four hundred yards against Penn State, which is a legit defense that we were pumping up, you right. know, earlier in the year. Right, and then Penn State's O line, which was problematic against Ohio State, was also problematic against against Michigan State. So. You know, my my question is, can Michigan State turn around and do this again? Because you look at the way Michigan State has played recently and look at the way Ohio State has played recently, and, you know, I I give Michigan State a very good chance of winning that game. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, Let's move to some other games here quickly. Uh, Notre Dame-Wake Forest. Now wait, we we on this podcast here last last episode we talked about how we thought Wake was much improved and we know the connection with the defensive coordinator there to Notre yep. Dame, um, Elko, right? Yep, Mike Elko. So they keep it close, but Notre Dame drops forty eight on them. Yeah, I mean it, it, Notre Dame was in control the entire time. It was never in doubt. No, no, it was it, it was thirty one ten at one point. It was thirty four ten. So yeah, they they were fine, and and this is this is what. That, the thing that, that's interesting about Notre Dame is they are doing what good teams are supposed to do. Yeah, they are they are hammering the teams they're supposed to hammer. They are they're you know playing really well against pretty good teams. So now they go to Miami to play an undefeated team that looked really good last week. Yeah, but 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 we have watched Miami all season, and they've not that that was the most complete game they've played. And the question is. Have they been building to that, and that's what they're going to be the rest of this season? Or is that the anomaly, and they're going to go back to, we're going to try to squeak this out? Because you cannot, you're not going to win playing the way they played against Florida State, or no. Georgia Tech, or North Carolina when you're playing Notre Dame. All right, let's move to South Beach, where the Canes beat Va Tech. My, Miami Gardens, sir. There is, no, <laughs> there is no giant football stadium on Miami Beach. It's in Miami Gardens, Florida. 
It's lovely, lovely place. It's all the same. <laughs> not if you've been there. <laughs> all right. So not if you're going to a bar. What, what was so interesting about this game for me, right, is as a Miami fan, I love the Rick Tire. Hire one of your own, a guy who's been there before. He's been at a big program. Like there was so many elements to the Rick Tire that I, re- I loved. And what was funny about this game with Virginia Tech is one, not specifically Virginia Tech, but this type of hype game is a game that Mark Richt, it feels like, used to lose at Georgia a lot. Right? That, he, I don't know where that came from. Mark Rick's problem at Georgia was underachieving and losing games they were supposed to win. They were pretty good in games that were big. On the other side, though, with Miami, it also feels like a game that Al Golden routinely lost. Absolutely. Al Golden would have lost that game by three touchdowns. Yeah, that's what I said. I said the same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah, but it looked like Rick completely out-game planned Fuente. Like, just took that whole offense away. And as much as I've been a well, pessimist— that, yeah, that'd be, that would be Manny Diaz doing that. Yeah, as much as I've been a pessimist with Miami this year, the defense is absolutely legit. Oh, and, and that's the thing. I mean, look— Miami's Miami's defense is the reason they're sitting where they are. That D line is incredible, and you know I love the turnover chain. Big fan. Great gimmick. Can't beat the turnover chain. It's it's the best of all the turnover devices. So, uh, it's it, it, this is R.J. McIntosh by the way taking that fumble, scooping it, going thirty five yards, and then and then wearing the turnover chain. Probably my favorite moment of that night. Uh, now, honestly, Malik, Malik Rozier, three interceptions, you can't do that against Notre Dame. No, no, and that's the issue, is right? Malik Rozier, for some reason, I don't trust him in the first through three quarters, but in the fourth quarter, I do now. I went on that game, Andy. I went from every week telling you here that I think Miami's playing with fire, they're going to lose every week since Georgia Tech, including the Georgia Tech week, I thought they were going to lose, mm-hmm. to then I turned this week with everyone saying Virginia Tech was going to knock them off finally, saying, you know what? No, I'm on the other side of this. I think Miami knows how to win the big game close. And, and what's funny is it was not close. No. It, it was 14-10 in, in midway through the third quarter, and, and they just ran away with it. Yeah, Fuente just doesn't have the athletes that, that he needs yet, and he'll get there. Yeah. But you could clearly see like they don't have the pieces to execute exactly how he'd like. Exactly. Um, let's go to another game. Stay in the ACC, Clemson, NC State. Another game that I said I, I thought the underdog had a big shot here. NC State, did and I, they and they did. I, I just think uh, there was a decision Dave Doran made to punt when they were, you know, pretty close to Clemson territory, maybe just inside Clemson territory, where they should have gone for it because, uh, you know, if you just look at the advanced stats, do the math on it, expected points. It's not worth the 20 yards of field position you're getting back or the 25 yards of field position when you could score points. Here's the thing with Clemson. I get they're four, number four in the country in the AP poll. They're defending national champions. They're loaded. They have the one loss to Syracuse. But they feel very mortal this year. They felt mortal this time last year, too. That's what everybody forgets. I mean, they, they squeak by at Florida State. They they should have lost to NC State, and they did lose to Pitt. They did all this last year, too. The, these guys, especially defensively, now I don't know about offensively. I'm not sure yet, because obviously Kelly Bryan is not Deshaun Watson. But defensively, there's a switch they can flip 
when they want to. I just don't think they've wanted to yet. I, I don't think we're going to see them flip it until the South Carolina game or the ACC championship game. All right, one more game before we get to Bedlam. Uh, I did get to watch this game in full. I know you finally got to watch Khalil Tate in full. Yes. And watching USC Arizona, he obviously USC wins the game. Here's my takeaway from Arizona is I don't understand the offensive game plan with a guy in Rich Rodriguez who helped create the spread option, right? He's the innovator yeah, of this style right, of play. Right, the, right. And you're throwing the ball downfield and trying to have your receiver make plays on these balls up for grabs when your receiver is the inferior athlete going up right. against a, a superior you know, DB. And I just kept saying to the, the people I was watching this game with was, get Khalil Tate some screen passes, some crossing routes, some, some stuff right over the line of scrimmage. That's, that's not what they do. What they do is Khalil Tate pops you for a few yeah. big gains, and then you're so terrified of what he can do on the ground – he throws a jump ball to a, a single-covered receiver, yeah. and that guy brings it down. That didn't happen because USC is better athletically in the front seven. Everywhere. And he, and he couldn't pop one. No, and he just kept throwing it up in the air, up for grabs. I was like, just get my man some screens. Get him some stuff to get his confidence going and get the completion percentage up, and the other stuff will come. Now, when, the, when the only two options are I'm going to chuck it, heave it downfield, or I'm looking to run, it's a lot easier to defend. Right. Now, they did get going yeah, and, and tied it up at 35 in the fourth quarter, but then Khalil Tate throws an interception. And, it was and a bad interception. It was, a, it was an arm punt is what it was. Don't know what he was looking on, it at. It was an arm punt on first down. Yeah. I just felt for him because I felt like he was about to have his Heisman moment mm -hmm. and it just disappeared like in, a, in an instant. In an instant. And I think if you saw him after the game, the moment where Clay Helton and, yeah. and the USC players come up and con console him, I guarantee you that's what he was thinking about is that interception because it, if they go down the field and score on that drive, it's a very different outcome. What, what are these quotes I'm seeing from, from USC players about we want to play for coach, we don't want to play for anyone else? Is, we'll get more into this in the buyout life, but Clay Helton is not on the hot seat, right? No, he's fine. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought that was crazy talk from from a kid, obviously, who loves his coach and doesn't want to see him fired. But I was like, I don't think anyone's thinking Clay Helton's gone after no, this year. There, there's no danger there. All right. Well, finally, it was dangerous if you played defense at Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Yeah. 62 to 52. I got to see most of the fourth quarter of this one from the horse races. So oh, you saw you saw when they were actually playing some defense. Yeah, yeah, when because, they because the last, scoring. The last two – well, the third quarter there was a lot of defense too, but the, the last two possessions were really interesting because uh, Oklahoma State intercepts Baker Mayfield in the end zone when they're down three. And you're thinking, okay, this is where it breaks down. But James Washington was out, had an ankle injury. Then, then you have the deal where it looks like Oklahoma's intercepted the pass and it gets – that gets wiped away because of a targeting penalty. And you're like, well, there's no way Oklahoma State doesn't score now. Yeah. At least kick a field goal and send this thing to overtime. But but guess what? With two true freshman cornerbacks, Oklahoma forced a turnover on downs. Like, in a game that featured no defense, you get a huge defensive stand. Yeah. And, and Mayfield. I mean... Look, I, it. Look, I, I don't think like in another year he's the Heisman favorite, but this year, yeah, I don't think there's anyone else in the mix well, with him. And here's the thing: if you ask me, your your life is on the line, and the result of this game will determine whether you live or die. 
who's your starting quarterback, and and you give me the guys in college football this year, I'm picking Baker Mayfield. Oh, yeah. No, he's absolutely the guy. He's got the it factor. He can make all the big throws. I mean, the only time he didn't make a big throw was at the end of that Iowa State game. when no, But no one was open in the same regard, you know what I mean, in the same respect to him. Yeah, I, no, I mean, he's he's the best quarterback in the country right now, um, which is crazy because Lamar Jackson's probably having a better season than he had last year, just has less around him. But but Mayfield, I think, you know, Mayfield has a really good offensive line and some good backs. But I think Mayfield makes them better than they are. Dude, that, he has that this... Better, they, makes that whole team... Because that defense is not great. He has this pocket awareness like I, I don't think I've ever really seen has, before in a college quarterback. He has eyes in the back of his head. Yeah, somehow he always steps up right before someone's about to grab him from behind and somehow darts right behind another offensive lineman when there's someone chasing him and it sets a pick. Like He has the best moves in the pocket. He has such quick feet, and he's great on the fly making stuff up when a play breaks down. Speaking of Baker Mayfield, we need to talk about mybookie.ag. We haven't talked about them this week, and, and, and we need to because they have, uh, they have a, a deal right now where you can bet on the Heisman winner. Ooh. And you'll never guess who has the best odds right now. I'm going to guess it is one Baker Mayfield from you, Oklahoma. You are indeed correct. So right now, if you are looking – at the Heisman Trophy odds, if you if you want to bet that on mybookie.ag, Baker Mayfield minus two fifty, so the runaway favorite right now, runaway favorite Saquon Barkley plus one twenty, fading, Bryce Love plus a thousand, fading. I'm trying to say, you know, I I don't know that I see anybody else on this list. There's a couple guys like if Mason Rudolph catches fire and they wind up. Back against Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game, Mason Rudolph has a huge game. He could still win it. Barkley could still win it, conceivably. Uh, Love, let's say Love just torches Notre Dame in that last game of the season. Yeah. Or Love has a huge game this Friday against Washington. Well, all I know is this week... We'll get more into this week's games uh, in the next podcast later this week. Uh, I have to reload my account. And that means my bookie is going to hook me up with a little bit of a bonus there right. when I make you, a new account. If you use the promo code PATT, they will match your deposit with up to 100% bonus. I like the way that sounds. That's good. So it's mybookie.ag, promo code PATT. You play, you win, you get paid. Dustin is having trouble with the winning part. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I put the money in. The money doesn't always come out. But, like, here's what I say about that, and I've only been gambling on, on sports for a little over a year now. Uh, I love having a rooted interest in games that I shouldn't. Like, I love betting a bunch of noon kickoffs. One, because yep. if I do win, that money gets reinvested. That's one thing I don't mention when I when I say, like, I had a losing weekend. I win a lot in the early games, and then yeah. I take that money and I throw it more on the later games. Like, I'll even, like, if there was a team I really liked and I won money earlier and I already have a bet on them, I'll bet a second bet even if the number changes. Like, yeah. that, And it just, it make, even if I lose money, like, the rush of following the game along is just, it's just so much fun for me. Me. Um, so mybookie.ag, by the way, the the odds for the 2000 for the this season's national championship at mybookie.ag, by the way, give it to me. Very similar to the Heisman race. Alabama minus 190. Everybody else is in the pluses. Uh, Auburn plus 3800. 
But uh, your your favorites are Alabama minus one ninety, Clemson plus five eighty, uh, Notre Dame also plus five eighty. So those are, those are your three favorites right there. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Georgia's plus four fifty. So they hmm. they actually have Georgia a little bit ahead of Clemson and Notre Dame. Interesting. It's Ohio State now plus sixty five hundred. Obviously, two losses. Very hard to make the playoff, but didn't think they'd be out of it this this early. Yeah, I don't think that one's going to happen. Uh, let's talk about some programs that are far away from that playoff, even further away than Ohio State. Find out who is on the hot seat, what jobs could open up, which coach could be getting paid to stay at home. It's time for That Buyout Life. All right, so I, earlier in the season, got myself talked into the idea of Kevin Sumlin being able to, to keep his job. And I think I was being overly optimistic because I one I don't think A and M needs to run off Kevin Sumlin. I don't no, I'm a, a big Sumlin program. guy. But the thing is that they're gonna do it. They're they're gonna. Oh, it's done now. I, I at this point it's all but wow. done. They're they're gonna they're gonna run him off. It's just a matter of, of timing. And uh, I think other than Florida, which is already open, and Oregon State, which opened itself up when when Gary Anderson quit. These other jobs, for the most part, you're probably not going to see them pop until after the regular season. Although Tennessee may fire Jones if they lose in embarrassing, fa- embarrassing fashion to Missouri. Yeah. In fact, I think, given the way Florida lost to Missouri, I wouldn't be surprised if Scott Strickland called Jim McElwain and fired him again. <laughs> <laughs> but if if Texas A&M lets Sumlin go. Like, one, if he wanted to be, he could step in right away and be a great analyst on TV. But oh, yeah. I still... I think somebody might hire him. That's what I think he... As the dominoes fall after the, the other jobs are filled. He could get a pretty job. good job. Like, I know this is kind of crazy. It's probably too good of a job for him. But Kevin Sumlin at Tennessee? I don't think they'd do it. I, I don't think another SEC school would do it. But let's say Arizona State fired Todd Graham. And Chip Kelly went to Nebraska or UCLA, so he's off the table. By the way, I keep hearing Chip Kelly in UCLA, and I don't like it. Why? Because I want Chip Kelly in the SEC at Florida. Well, I I think there are a lot of people who do. I just don't know that Florida is going to hire Chip Kelly. That means they're not. You know everything about Florida. It's not that I – listen, I think they should consider it. I just, Florida has always held its nose in the air about NCAA issues, and oh. Chip Kelly has a show cause in his past, and and so it depends. So they hate but winning, the is, but Florida's under new management now, so that may not be a factor anymore. It's like when your favorite restaurants under new management, sometimes they change the menu. But here's the thing: if, if Chip Kelly's your first choice, you can hire him right now. See, yeah, you're right. That that's that's the issue. If they wanted Chip Kelly, it could be done already. See, I think there's a there's a couple little tells that that can go on here these next few weeks. Uh, the Chip Kelly thing can be can be done tomorrow if if it's if, if it's right if the situation's right. Sure. Um, if you're gonna hire Scott Frost, well, if he beats USF on Black Friday, he's got to play in the American Championship game. So. You, you're not going to be able to, to hire him until like December. What would that be? De- December third. Yeah, and then that so, that hurts recruiting. But here's the thing: if you are a school, let's say you're a school with an opening, and you fired your coach, uh, with like if you're Florida or let's say Tennessee fires Butch Jones between now and then, uh, Nebraska, let's say they fire Mike Riley. If you do not hire someone. The day after the season ends, if you don't hire somebody on 
November 27th, then we know you're targeting Scott Frost. Yeah. <laughs> you all think that you have a shot at him and you better have a really good fallback option. But well, that's that's not entirely true because you could be targeting Jay, uh, Mike Norvell as well from Memphis. Sure. Sure. Those two those two are probably playing each other in the American Championship game. Well, so you mentioned at UCLA, you think Mora's gone after that 48-14 loss to I, Utah. I don't know. The, Dan Guerrero, they, their AD, does not like to spend money, and, and Mora has a massive buyout. Well, he must, be, he, must, he must like losing more than he hates spending money. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, it, you do risk ticking off your donor. I mean, because it's going to be a very uninspired next year if, if they bring him back. I just, I don't, I don't know what UCLA needs to do. I, I just I don't know. Like, it just seems like they're never what the expectation is. You know what I mean? Like, there well, there there's man, runs where people think UCLA is going to be good, and they never live up to it's it. A, it's a tougher job than people think. The academic standards are higher there than a lot of private schools. I mean, it, it's a it's a public school, but they have it's harder to get people in than it is at most other yeah. FBS schools. So. It also might be the nicest college campus I've ever st- stepped foot on in my life. It's pretty nice. It, it, it's a incredible. Nice neighborhood. It's incredible. Um, let's go over, over some other names that may be on the hot seat here. Or, I mean, they are. You you mentioned Mike Riley already. Butch, Butch Jones. Jo- that's Butch been Jones done. Is done. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. I got uh, I got a couple others I want to throw at you. All right. Uh, now he won, but he barely won, and that's Brett Bielema at Arkansas. Yeah. I think they would have done it had they lost that game. I mean, just to be bowl eligible. I he he has to go to LSU, and then yeah. he has to also beat Mississippi State and Missouri just to get to a bowl game. I can't see it, and and I've said all season I don't think Jeff Long wants to fire Brett Bielema, but Bielema's making it impossible what? to not fire him. Right, exactly. I, I'm not sure they're going to have a choice. I, I think they may have to do something. Oh, man, I'm a big Bielema guy. He's a fun guy. He's a nice yeah. guy. and I, He had so much success at Wisconsin. Yep. It's a hard place to win, but they should be better than they are now. And here's the last one I want to put by. Uh, his team started 3-0 and this year, but has now dropped 5 of 6. Do you know who I'm mentioning here? Started 3-0 and and has now dropped 5 of 6. It's in the Big 12. In, oh, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. yeah. I, they've been in a lot of games, too, that they've lost. Yep. Like they haven't gotten smoked, but they're just not getting it done, and they play negative defense. Not even zero defense. Negative defense. Yeah, I, I think it, it it may be done at this point. Yeah, I mean, you just imagine he'll be a coordinator somewhere next year, something like that. But Well, that's the thing. It, I mean, he'll be a very in-demand offensive coordinator. So and much you, pressure too to take over your program, like the program that you were the quarterback of. Yeah, I mean, and he was so young doing it, and so much pressure on him. And I thought that this year they were going to take the next step because they were they were in all these close games, but they just keep losing. Yeah. Now, I, here's the thing: I know they don't want to fire him. So if he goes six and six, which to go six and six means you, because I think they're going to beat Baylor. Although that's I, that's probably going to be fairly close. Um, Means you have to beat TCU or Texas. I, I, I don't think they'll beat TCU. They could beat Texas. I they could. Texas still if, isn't here's there. The thing: if they beat Texas, pretty good chance Texas doesn't make a bowl game because wow. Texas plays Kansas this week and West Virginia next week. So Texas could be sitting there at five and six, and Texas Tech could be sitting there at five and six, and the winner goes to a bowl game. Wow! All right. Well, speaking of all these conferences, let's do this before we head out the door. It's the Power Five Top Five. All right, Andy, here's what we're going to do. We haven't done this in a while here on the podcast. 
Uh, we're going to take the Power Five conferences and power rank them. So start at the bottom, work your way up to number one. I'm very curious to hear who you have at number one. But first, okay. who is your number five? Uh, the Pac-12. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yep. And then the Big 12, number four. I think it's hard between the Big Ten and the SEC because I think the Big Ten's a little deeper at the top, but the SEC has two kind of you know mega power types. They're, they're top heavy with two legitimate national title yeah. favorites. So let's go Big Ten three and SEC two and ACC one. I, I just I think the ACC is deeper, and d the ACC has the the top line teams and the depth. If I told you, though, change the Power 5, Top 5 from power ranking and more uh, least likely to most likely to win the national title, how do you rank the conferences? Pac-12, Big 10, Big 12, um, SEC, then ACC, or ACC, then SEC? It's, it's sort of 1 and 1A one with the ACC and the SEC. I, I still think it comes down to, e to either Clemson, Alabama, or Georgia. Yeah, I think I think you're right on that. I think you were dead on on that. That's interesting, because uh, I like I believe in the Clemson switch still. You believe that there we have not seen the best from Clemson yet, and you know what, Dabo Sweeney doesn't sound concerned. Like every time no. I hear him, this is what he was like last November too. He is so relentlessly positive, and I don't know. There's just there's something. I, I am such a Dabo guy. Um, which so is weird was, because he loves Jesus and I, I'm Jewish. So, <laughs> Well, I was at their game last year at Florida State, and that was right after they had nearly lost to NC State at home. and Or I guess they'd had an open date between that. So they need a, a last, you know, closing minutes drive from Deshaun Watson to win that game. And Dabo's like, well, you know, look, we aren't blowing everybody out, but guess what? We're... we're we're made of some pretty strong stuff. We're going to be fine. So two weeks later, they lose to Pitt, and it's like this is this team is this team just not that good? And then they route Wake, uh -huh. they crush South Carolina, and then they go to the the ACC title game and and beat Virginia Tech and and flip the switch going into the playoff. I think coaches like Dabo like when their teams lose. Oh, I yeah. honestly. Nick Saban wants to be perfect, but part no, of him no, is like no, part of him is like I want us to lose so I can tell them how effing bad they are. Exactly, Saban will tell you that that losing to Ole Miss in 2015 was what caused that team to win the national title. But you get what I'm saying? Like the goal yeah. is perfection, right? That's what you're preaching: perfection, perfection, perfection. That's, no, no, but, no. But that's when they not, lose, that is not the goal. It, that if you go by the Nick Saban version of the process. Perfection is not the goal. However you win the title it's, is. It's not, no, it's not outcome-based. You don't even think about the outcome. You only think about dominating the next moment. He's lying because here's the no. deal. His entire mood changes based on what the outcome is. Because <laughs> if, no, if they not, win. Not true. Because I, I have seen him, I have seen him deliriously happy after winning a shootout that you think he would be furious because his defense was bad. And I have seen him angry after blowing a team out. So like if the process goes great in the national title game and he loses, he's going to be okay with that? He he was 
He was pretty zen after the game last year. Yeah, I, I honestly, he's won so many, it doesn't even matter to him anymore. <laughs> he like does a fist pump and he jumps in the air once. He's like, "All right, who are we open with next year?" That's basically it. He's like, he's like, I just wasted a week that I could have been recruiting. Name a city, and Andy has eaten there. Choose a restaurant, and he'll break it down better than a cover two defense. Let's find out what's good. Honestly, Andy, this is like the segment that keeps me coming back to this podcast is I just want to talk food with you. So part of me wants to open with what's good and finish with what's good, and we can do two different ones. But We can. We call it place at the table. What, what did I say? So we could definitely do that. Oh, that does make sense. We could, This can be a food and football podcast. It's it's fine. So I got to know, you were home this week, so I don't, I don't know what you have prepared for a what's good oh, here. I'll throw one out. I haven't written up this review yet. Uh-oh. But this is a place that, that's, that's very good. Uh, it's been doing great barbecue for a long time, but I finally got a chance to go there earlier this football season. That's Community Barbecue in Decatur, Georgia. Uh, Decatur, very hip suburb of Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Uh, Community Barbecue is, is just a, a good neighborhood barbecue joint. I once uh, announced a Valdosta State, West Alabama, Division oh. Two basketball game where a guy yeah. behind me, because two Valdosta State players were from Decatur, mm-hmm. We had to tell him to stop yelling because the microphone was picking him up going, Jamal Stokes, east side of Decatur. <laughs> all game. all game. That's all he was saying. East side of Decatur in my ear all day. Well, I'm sure Jamal has had some community barbecue. And if you go, get the ribs and get the pulled pork. Well, duh. Always You're, go pork over beef. Well, in the South. Yeah. And then you go to Texas, south. you go beef. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that that's that's what you're getting. Uh, get some get some blueberry be- bread pudding at the end of the day. Ooh, and... I love bread pudding, but the blueberry twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, good Brunswick stew, uh, black eyed peas with rosemary and, and bacon. Which which it's... when you go to a barbecue spot, mm-hmm. I know everyone loves the meat. I get it. I love meat too, but the sides are always incredible. If I had to tell you, well, Andy Staples, uh, d- you're making depends a, on the place. You're making a meat and three, mm-hmm. meat and three plate. What is your optimal three sides? Uh, my optimal three sides would be Brunswick stew, hash and rice, which is one one side, and collard greens, or or turnip greens if they got them. But most places don't do turnip greens. I've never even had turnip greens. If yeah, it's it uh, certain parts of Alabama they got them. Like if you're in Montgomery or Selma, they they have turnip greens. See, too. I don't know if I consider Brunswick stew a side. I feel like it's more of an appetizer. No, it's a side. All right, so if I'm going to do that, my three are. Brunswick stew because I have to have it. I don't yep. know why it's so good. I don't know why the meat becomes so soft, but I want to make a pillow out of it. <laughs> um, fried green tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Fried okra. Very nice. Good choices all. Fried okra is so freaking underrated. Oh, I love fried. fried well, also pickled okra. Not a barbecue No, side, I love pickled good, okra. Great snack. I, yeah. Dude, we are on the same page here with okra, well, That's because we're both very fat. Yeah, I, well, I had a bad experience with okra again. Uh, six degrees of Valdosta State here on place at the table. Uh, we used to have a rivalry with Delta State. We still do, but we, we stink The fighting okra. Yeah, they're the fighting okra. So before we played them on a Thursday night, I went out and ate like three orders of fried okra, and I was like mocking them and We're laughing about the it. the mascot. That's yeah. like when everybody makes gator before they play Florida. Gator is delicious, by the way. Tastes like chicken. Uh, former gator coaching Valdosta State, Kerwin Bell. I want him to be That's on that right. buyout life right now. His program stinks. Um, but anyway, 
they go and they lose a dramatic game to Delta State that game in a fourth quarter comeback, and uh, I blamed myself for eating the okra. That, that, that Was it bad okra? Was the okra good? It was pretty good okra. Okay. I enjoyed the okra. It was more... You were talking about results-based. Bad fried okra. See, I'm not. I'm not like Nick Saban here, where like the process of eating the okra, I enjoyed because the result was me eating the okra led to my team losing. No, see, you just have to dominate each bite of the okra. That is what the process is all about. You know what? That is a great way to end this thing. Man, Andy, I, you know, this past weekend was absolutely insane in college football, but we have the potential for this upcoming weekend. To somehow top it or match it. The, and the, the next three weeks are going to be bananas. Pure mayhem. Remember, you can follow us at P-A-T-T podcast on Twitter. Uh, like, subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. We're everywhere. You download podcasts. Uh, we'll be back with another episode later this week. Andy, before we go away for a couple days here, you have any final words? I need to get some okra. You got me hungry now. I don't know if I can. It's one in the morning, but I'm sure I can rustle up some fried okra somewhere. I don't know if I can find fried okra in Southern California. That's going to be a tough one for me. That is going to be tough. I'll mail mail you some. All right. You're going to have to eat for two. I know that's hard for you to do. (laughs) I usually do. (laughs) On that note, we will see you later. This has been Place at the Table.